it's good to see the number that we have present and we may have more away than we have with us from our normal number but we're so happy for our guests we're glad that you've had safe travel and it's certainly cold outside for us it is good to have the preacher comforts that we enjoy i'm reminded of uh, going overseas in 2005 many of you were here in the congregation at that time and helped me go and got off of the airplane and thought I would make conversation with the guy in India that's a brother in Christ over there and and uh, I said what kind of heat you got at home uh, coal or you have a wood-burning fireplace or stove or electric heat and he saw he smiled and looked up at me he said we just put more clothes on it made me realize how blessed we are because we have a little knob or a dial and if we're uncomfortable we move it one degree to the right or one degree or two degrees to the left and then we have our jokes about who wants it hot and who wants it cold in the room at the same time we are blessed we're very blessed I mentioned before this past year that we're in a war a spiritual warfare and it is ultimately important that we win in that spiritual race spiritual warfare God uses the right kind of analogies so that we can make truthful interpretation and then application if we don't make the application I'm so happy that we see that many are and this congregation is growing in love and I believe in knowledge and I believe in practice and as individuals when we depart from this place we need to continue that and that is my encouragement today now I was blessed to teach the Wednesday night class which was on the book of Ecclesiastes and it's a wonderful book it contains some things that verse by verse are very difficult for me because when I have poetry I'm more trying to deal with logic blocks as an ISTJ go look it up in the Myers-Briggs personality type indicator and you'll pretty much get me but the point of the matter is God has given us his word how much did we open it outside of preparing for our classes on Sunday and Wednesday we're supposed to do that and that's wonderful and we have many responsibilities many have families that are larger than others and things of that nature and there are God-given responsibilities that have to be juggled and prioritized all in accordance with his will but how much time did we all myself included turn that stupid box on called the television or play our favorite video game and if we do the time math did we get it right did we have quality time with allowing God to speak to us because he doesn't speak like he did in times past but rather he speaks us today through the written word we are to speak to him in prayer I'm sure we all could up our prayer life in accordance with our spirituality needing to increase this coming year so I'm not here to rebuke you today and step all over my toes though they already hurt I don't know if it's the cold outside or because I'm chastening myself and there has been an increase in study there has been an increase in the congregational activities that we do in study that's wonderful 
my urgent desire for all of us is that we up our spiritual knowledge and study and meditation in God's Word. Back to that Wednesday night Ecclesiastes thing. I got a little behind. Clay did good. He tried to cover for me this morning going back a little bit. One lesson. He's such a good brother in that regard. No, he was on time. When you teach a class and you're on a quarter schedule and you're trying to make it work out, you want to finish on time. So, to get on time, we promised we would teach Lesson 13. And if you'll be turning to Ecclesiastes, the 11th chapter, we're going to read uh, the ninth verse, the last verse of that wonderful chapter, and we're going to go over and read the short chapter, chapter 12. That's Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 11, verse 9, and then we'll flip right over into chapter 12. Then this, Lord willing, Wednesday night, we'll back up and get the next to last lesson in the book, and we'll finish on time, uh, Lord willing, this Wednesday night with our Ecclesiastes program. Appreciate all the kind comments that I've received. It's been a good but difficult book. And when you try to, and I encourage you to, try to read God's Word. Meditate upon it. And then see if you can give a verse-by-verse -verse explanation to yourself of what God is teaching in that verse. Whether it's an Old Testament situation written for our learning, it's part of God's inspired record. He wants us to have it. He's done it in the very best way possible. So let's take the Old Testament readings and information for what it can help us concerning our salvation. And with the new law, the new covenant, we are going to be judged by that. And thanks be, as we mentioned in class, for the pity, the mercy, the unmerited favor, the grace of God in judging. But it will be according to the deeds done in the body whether they be good or whether they be bad. And we know God will be fair. I'm glad he's judging and not me or others that are human. Not even the angels. It's up to God to decide. But we have his word. And just like the warfare admonition for us to be about God's spiritual warfare, that doesn't mean we go out here and we take the, the, the gospel and we beat people up and we leave all these casualties I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about fighting the devil with the Word of God and win in our life and keep ourselves in fellowship with the Godhead and faithful brethren and share the gospel with others. And it starts with our example, as we talked about a little bit in our class. We'll go back over to Timothy. Paul's writing to Timothy. And look at what the New Testament instruction is for us, Lord willing, before this lesson closes. I'd like to read from the New American Standard Version today. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 9, and continuing on through the end of the book. Rejoice, young man, during your childhood, and let your heart be pleasant during the days of young manhood. And follow the impulses of your heart and the desires of your eyes, yet know that God will bring you to judgment for all these things. So remove sorrow from your heart, and keep pain away from your body, because childhood and the prime of life are fleeting. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years approach, when you will say, I have no pleasure in them. 
before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. On the day that the watchmen of the house tremble and the strong men are bent over, the grinders start stop working because they are few, and those who look through windows grow dim. And the doors on the street are shut as the sound of the grinding mill is low, and one will arise at the sound of the bird, and all the daughters of song will sing softly. Furthermore, people are afraid of high place, of a high place, and of terrors on the road, the almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and the caperberry is ineffective. For man goes to his, his eternal home while the mourners move around in the street. Remember your Creator before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed. The pitcher by the spring is shattered and the will of the cistern is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. Futility of futility, says the preacher. All is futility. In addition to being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, and he pondered, searched out, and arranged many proverbs. The preacher sought to find delightful words and to write words of truth correctly. The words of the wise are like goads, and masters of these collections are like driven nails. They are given by one shepherd. But beyond this, my son, be warned, the writing of many books is endless, and excessive study is wearying to the body. The conclusion, when everything has been heard, is fear God and keep his commandments, because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. We have such a wonderful God, such a wonderful, understanding, and loving God. We're so richly blessed, but we have to accept the blessings that come and the responsibilities that come just with being born. And as we age and progress from infancy to childhood to our early youth to our teens and into our early adulthood life and then through our prime, did you hear that? Prime of life. And then to the older years when the eye is dim. Possibly some of these illustrations like the grinders start working because they are few may refer, Mark's not going to be dogmatic on these interpretations, but seem to be something like unto our frailty of our teeth. Something wearing out in our physical body our eyes, windows, our eyes look out and don't see the day or the light or things as clearly as we used to. Maybe we're getting a pre-cataract stage. Maybe our eyesight's just not 20-20 anymore. Maybe we've got an imbalance or retina problem. We're to remember God in the days of our youth and in our prime so much so, I believe, having uh, 
dad that passed away with Alzheimer's and my mom that's in it now and my grandparents and some of my aunts and uncles. So how does that make me feel? That the long-term memory that mom still has is amazing to me. She can recount things from 40 and 50 years ago when dad was preaching in different parts of the country and who was holding a gospel meeting and their names and stories of things that happened, both of some recreational coming in. Dad and Brother Harkrider came in one time and mom and sister Harkrider were there. This is Bob Harkrider. And they caught a big fish and they just threw it out in the middle of the kitchen floor and it's flopping all over the floor. And they're all getting tickled as in their 20s to early mid-30s the gospel's being preached. It says, that's what y'all, y'all pick it up, y'all clean it, we caught it. You know, just joking around and having a wonderful time because that just happened to happen when Brother Harkrider was coming for a meeting and staying in our home and other things of that nature. She can remember that now. And she's 84. Okay. And it's not that only. It's passages of Scripture. Because in her early life, there was memory work. And it continued to be repeated through the teen years. And then it continued to be repeated in her early years. Now, Dad wasn't as much about religion as he was athletics until he met Mom. And... It was that, well, where's she going to be on Sunday? She's going to be in services. And so by the fact that she was faithfully attending and interested in spiritual things, and he was interested in her, that put him in the right place to hear the gospel and to obey the gospel. And so he didn't pick it up in his infancy or in his early preteen years or in his teen years until he's, you know, a freshman to a senior at Ramsey High School. And he goes off to Birmingham Southern on a basketball scholarship, and she goes to Auburn for a year. That's right. <coughs> Mom went to Auburn for a year. But they loved each other so much they couldn't stand being apart that they had to stop school, and he could work as a union electrician, and she could get plenty of work and they could start a life together as they got married. The point is, in these verses that we've read, and I hope that you've made the comparison already in your mind, and my analogy to even when we get frail, even when we get into dementia or Alzheimer's, there's still some things if we have put the time in when we're younger. We've put the time in when our mind is fertile and useful to our spiritual retention. How much trivia do we know? Maybe a lot. I'm interested in trivia. It's, it's fun. It's interesting to have fun facts. But we need to be about God's Word. Think about the children of Israel and the fact they didn't all have scrolls in their home. They were to commit to their children in their rising up in the morning and in their laying down, talking about the Word of God so that they could remember and pass on and raise their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And this is some of the beauty of God's plan. 
And yeah, somebody can obey the gospel at 60, 70, 80 years. Clay was talking about the parable that talks about some who enter the kingdom and serve for long years, and then some that don't come, but yet they're hired into service. They come into the kingdom later in their life, at the 11th hour. And as far as we know, it seems, seventh of heaven is the same reward for all that get to go to heaven. I don't need a big mansion. I don't know how it's going to be arranged except what we get in, in respect. But I know I don't want to be in the other place and there's only two alternatives forever. There are only two teams with God and against God. There is no middle ground. And we aren't playing a game that we just fold up the board at the end and then we put it up in the closet and when it's time to have people over again we might get that game out and play it. The stakes are our soul. The stakes are our soul. So wherever we are in our life, and I see from various youth to those of us, and I'll just say maybe I'm the oldest person in the room, I'm not sure, but probably, um, we've got a situation, somebody shook their head, you didn't have to do <laughs> we all need to be about helping each other get to heaven we all need to be about doing the will of our Father in heaven we thus need to learn what the will is let's go back now to 1 Timothy and as promised before we get through with the lesson sometimes I have greatest of intentions I'm learning to say more will try to get this in a Bible class lesson lest I overlook it or we run out of time. But let's think about what Paul is writing to Timothy and the first epistle to Timothy. And he's talking about the matter of letting no man despise his youth. And if you go to chapter 4, and you look at verse 12. I'm going to change over now to the New King James Version. I went hard copy on you instead of electronic. We have so many devices to help us. And before I read these verses, lest I forget, Bible study after Bible reading is wonderful. And we've already in a previous bulletin given out how you can read through the New Testament in a month. That's right. About nine chapters. And nine chapters can be read very swiftly. Uh, probably faster if you don't read out loud, but if you're with someone, you'll want to read out loud. It's not that much to get through the entire New Testament by which we're going to be judged in one month. Dad used to do it. Uh, full-time minister, he had the time, his sermons, he would put in an average of eight hours per sermon. So when he had Bible class, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, there's 32 of his hours there, not to mention the visiting of people in the hospital and things that he and mom would go and do jointly together. But we can do it even with the secular jobs, even with the activities that we have of our family. We don't have to read through the New Testament every month. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just suggesting how easy it can be done. Lord willing, we're going to have in our bulletins 
right out of the gate in 2023. A read through the Bible in a year program. It's a little more relaxed. It can be done. When's the last time you took that on? And again, we don't want to just read. We want to discern. And then what good are we if we can discern perfectly, if we know the answer to every argument, to every contrary doctrine that's wrong, and we're not living it because we're going to be judged by our actions as well. Heaven will surely be worth it all. Now back to 1 Timothy 4.12. And thanks for jumping around with me in your minds as we go through this lesson. Paul told Timothy something very similar to what we're learning from the journal of, I believe, Ecclesiastes to be written by Solomon, but if not, by an inspired writer of God. And it's about life, and it is so applicable to us all so many years after it's been written. Paul writes to Timothy, and of course the things that he was to hear, which are inclusive of these verses. 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, he was to teach to faithful men, anthropos, so that's men and women, who shall be able to teach others also. So this is part of that which we should incorporate in our life and not say, well, Timothy had to do that. No, 2 Timothy 2.2 2 ties us to it as well. Let no one despise your youth. Why in the world would anybody do that, Paul? Reckon that some youth are frivolous? Yeah. Silly beyond or underneath their age? Yeah. Act like your age, not your shoe size. Have you ever heard that one? I did. Um, we need to be acting our age and not our shoe size in many cases. Paul goes on by inspiration to say, but be an example of the believers... How so? And here it comes. In word, I take that to be our speech. In conduct, inclusive of our speech, but everything else covers a lot, doesn't it? In love, not mean, hateful, spiteful, a reviler. In spirit, how are we really in our heart? Do we mean it? Or is it a put on? In faith, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And we need to have the faith. When Jude said in verse 3, can be able to contend earnestly for the faith, we have to know it in order to contend for it and to live by it, don't we? In purity, a big one. But it's been that way for years and years and years. So it may come in a different form. They didn't have internet back then. Yeah, they had houses of prostitution that were in the name of worship back then. Maybe we don't have that so much in our American culture, or it's not advertised as much, but there's filth everywhere and always has been since sin entered into the world thousands of years ago. It just comes in a different form. Yes, they didn't have the Internet. But the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life or a combination of that is what sin is. Well, that's easy. And it's easy to fall into sin. And it's easy to be self-deceived in sin. But the Word can help us get out of it. And I have found in my life that there is not one second of playing on the devil's side that did me any good whatsoever. 
or staying in it for another year or another month or another quarter. Some people start making deals with themselves or like unto they're making the deal with God when I get through being happy in this that I'm in now, which I know is wrong, then I'm going to repent. That's what being self-deceived is like. To know the book and not live according to the book and trap yourself in sin, but there's a door there with a doorknob on it and an exit sign that says, Here's your exit. Just come back to Christ. Can we see it easier if it's in the life of others? Yes. Text somebody that's not faithful that you know. Send them one text a month. It'll stay there in your text if you don't delete them. And you look back and you make that your goal to do it with the right spirit, with the intention of them coming back to the Lord. Is that too much to ask? We don't have to to uh, get, catch them at home. The text will just sit there till they read it. We don't have to get in the vehicle and drive over to the house, <laughs> knock on the door. They may answer it if, if they're there because they don't want to or they may not be there. How much trouble is it? It's just a, an encouraging thing. I'm not demanding that you do that. And we wonder and scratch our head, well, they know. They haven't quit believing. They admit that they're wrong, but they're not among us anymore. But what about when it's us and a different sin? And we're here, and we're doing many things right, and that's good, and may they continue. But if we are trapped with some kind of sin, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that with every temptation, God will make sure there's at least one way of escape, and there may be many. There's a couple of doors in here for us to get out if there's a fire. Even if there's only one way out, we're not locked in as free moral agents. But when we get entangled with the affairs of the world, it can sometimes take a lot more effort to untangle the spaghetti you ever heard people talk about spilling some type of drink on a carpet? It's real easy to make the mess, but it may take hours or several different kinds of chemicals to get the stain out of the, out of the rug. But we still can take care of that with God's Word, true repentance, and making things right with God and our faithful brethren. Paul gives Timothy, who's probably in his 30s, an inspired recipe, love to eat, probably all getting a little hungry here in a little bit, a recipe for success in a Christian's life. And for us to, verse 6 again, Remember your creator before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was. And there's before you get old and possibly decrepit or hindered in many of your faculties, 
including your ability to stand up straight, to walk about. Maybe the height here is talking about you're afraid to get up on things like a ladder because you may fall off. Steps may begin to concern you because of falling and breaking your hip. A lot of people do that when they get older. From steps that they've been using for years and years and years. We need to realize that we need to plant ourselves in with the people of God and in the Word. Whenever we put ourselves in, try never to allow ourselves to get away from it. There is nothing good to play on the devil's team. There is everything that is good to be on the Lord's side. Look back, if you will, to Ecclesiastes 12. In verse 11, the passage says, The words of the wise are like goads. This, if I understand it right, is a prod. A prod to move a large animal that really doesn't want to be bothered. And so you poke them with the goad in order to get them to move maybe out of one pen into another or to move into a different pasture or whatever the case may be. The words of God should poke us, prod us to move in the proper direction. And once we're there, it may be that this is the implication of the next phrase, and masters of these collections are like driven nails. You want some stability? Get kicked over into the right areas of life and then stay there. Let's get some stability. Let's get some nails in. All right? Do your study. And if you find other applications that may be, without doing any injustice to the text, different than this, get with me because I welcome, the more I read through Ecclesiastes, only the proper interpretation. Okay? So I suggest that this is very plausible. It seems to be that this is the message that's being given. And if I live my whole life, and I'm not dogmatic about it, but I'm getting the gist of what it's trying to say, we've got the summation there, don't we? The conclusion is based on what has been said before. And the writer has inspiration of God, so we know it's for our benefit. When everything has been heard, Go all the way back to chapter 1 and you can see that a similitude of what happens in 12 is mentioned up front. And if you remember when we were studying that portion, we said this is a spoiler. Like if, if I've read a book and you're about to read it and, or you're about to see a movie and I've seen it and I give you a spoiler alert and you say, no, 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 don't tell me. No, I don't know. I want to know how it ends. It'll spoil it for me. Well, it didn't spoil it for us to get in the first chapter of Ecclesiastes and get a taste of what these verses are saying about the conclusion of, a, of the whole matter is to fear God and keep His commandments. So we talked about a horizontal view of life without God in studying Ecclesiastes. And the vertical look of looking up to heaven and keeping God in place. 
So I believe when we started over in verse 9 of chapter 11, and we start seeing this, Rejoice, young man, during your childhood, and let your heart be pleasant, that this verse is not advocating sin because of its completeness. We can have fun being a Christian. We can enjoy life. We can eat, drink, and be merry, not like the world does in following after the sins of the pleasures of life, but with the vertical view toward God, there are many things that we can enjoy that are right and are wholesome and that pertain to life under the sun. This is not a recipe for having the sad face of a mule or like if you're a Christian, you'll look like you've been sucking on lemons the whole day. We should be the happiest people on the face of the globe because we have salvation in Christ Jesus. And our Father is the supreme creator of the whole universe. And His Son can be our Savior if we'll let it be. <laughs> All of our sins can be removed. He paid the price in the, in the death penalty for a perfect sacrifice because we could not do it for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. So we got this wonderful book with bookends in chapter 1 telling us we need the vertical worldview of there is a God. We need the capacity, and God's given it to us, to do what by faith, not by sight. Alright? And believe Him and trust Him and walk with Him. For He cares for every one of us. Oh, what love. And we have it in the inspired word in so many forms to digest. You exercise? Okay, listen to good, clean music. That's great. But find you someone who's read through the Bible in a year or two. And you can walk or you can jog. If you can get that volume up to where you can hear it. And you can be concentrating on that while you're running on that machine. I know some of you run on the machine, right? I walk on the machine. I'm getting toward the end. I think I'm past the prime. But things are looking up. We can take care of our physical health to the degree that we can and live it until we die. Rejoice, young man, during your childhood and let your heart be pleasant during the days of young manhood and follow the impulses of your heart but with this caveat, just stay inside the fence that God has created of that which is right. So much to enjoy that is life under the sun. And here's the caveat. Yet know that God will bring you to judgment for all these things. He's not saying go sin and sow your oats here now. So the harmonizing of it has to be the vertical view that we talked about. He's not saying, well, so yours while you're young because you're going to need to straighten up before you start losing your teeth. Man. That's not what he's saying here. As best I can tell, he's saying enjoy the fruits of your labor, a good career, a great family, service to God, your, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Will there be some sadness? Absolutely. But what if somebody dies, young or old? Blessed are the dead. Die in the Lord. 
They're going to see God and be ready to meet Him in judgment. From the babe inside the womb, which I believe has a spirit, to the infant, to the toddler, to the preteen, to the teen, they're in a safe condition until such time that their mental understanding and accountability is before God. They need to be in Christ at that point. So I say there's the safe, and then there are the saved. And carrying on, doing the will of the Father, and when we make mistakes, and we will, use the eraser that God gave us. The precious blood of Christ, repentance, confession, prayer as a Christian. And let's help each other and encourage each other to a heavenly home. Now, I love to sing spiritual songs, but I love to think of being able to sing spiritual songs in heaven forever, praising God. Lessons yours and mine. It was just as much good for me to teach this wonderful chapter as best I could today for you and for me and for the salvation of our souls. And if something was said amiss, you'll be my friend to bring it up. Um, just tell me in terms that I can understand and I will certainly go away and contemplate it and make adjustment if need be. We're all here to help each other. Get your song books if you will. Oh, how blessed we are to have life and to have time now if need be to correct something in our life and may we be bold and brave enough yes it hurts we wonder if somebody's not going to be our friend anymore if we try to help them get out of sin Ooh, it, the devil would like for us to leave them alone we won't do that with physical activities like running out in the street or falling off into water and the child can't swim. Because love would prohibit us from, from watching someone just go to their peril physically. How much more so should it be that we would try to help in love if someone has fallen away spiritually? Thanks for the way that you've listened and love this song. 267, Jesus loves us all. In the right way and a great example. If you're subject to the Lord's invitation in any way, we bid you come all together. We stand and sing. The psalm has been selected.